is Dr. Centeno, and this is my CCI, or Craniocervical Instability Series podcast. Episode 4, where we're going to be talking about C1-C2 fusion, but really more generally about upper cervical fusion, whether that be skull base to C1, or skull to C2, or C1-C2. But we'll focus on C1-C2 fusion because there's a blog that's associated with this podcast, and that's on centennialschultz.com. C1-C2 fusion, complications are common, and that's actually my CCI series episode three blog, but this is the episode four podcast. They're off by one. So C1-C2 fusion and upper cervical fusion, what's the concept here? In a patient that has craniocervical instability, there's too much motion at the top of the neck where the head meets the neck. And that leads to joints getting beat up, nerves getting irritated, leads to lots of other problems. And at its simplest, you would want to get rid of that extra motion. So a simple concept would be that you would bolt together the bones of the upper neck or the head on the upper neck to try to get rid of all of that motion. Now, that's a common concept in orthopedic spine surgery and even in other areas of the body as well, like the ankle. And the concept is that if something is unstable, we should bolt it together and make sure it doesn't move. Again, the problem with that that idea is that it's kind of not an elegant solution, and we're going to go over that. But it's done in a lot of places. It's done in other areas of the spine, like the low back uh, and the neck. It's done in the ankle. So that's fusion a surgery to make something not move. Now, a lot of times there are pieces of hardware that are used with that, screws and plates and rods. Other times, or combined with that, bones and wires are used. Usually this is bone chips or other drugs to promote bone formation so that the joint kind of grows together and becomes solid, not allowing any motion. So now let's get to C1-C2 fusion and dig in here a little bit. So C1-C2 fusion involves fusing together the C1 and C2 bones. There are a couple different ways this can be done. One of those is using a single screw that goes from the back and it's passed through the middle of the C1-C2 joint so that a part of the screw sits in the back part of the C2 bone, and another part goes up into the atlas or the C1 bone. And there are different names for this. It's called C1-C2 screw fixation. It's also called a magrel technique, M-A-G-E-R-L. It's a difficult word, magrel. It's also called a goal and harms technique. The good news is that this is a bit less invasive than the other techniques because it's only putting in one screw. So it likely disrupts the critical upper neck stabilizers far less. The big problem with this procedure that we've seen is that it's not, again, an elegant solution. It seems to have a relatively high rate of what's called non-union. So that means that the C1 and C2 joint doesn't grow together. And by definition, when you pass this screw, through the C1-C2 joint, you're destroying parts of that joint, which is going to lead to severe arthritis in that joint. And then you've also got a risk to the vertebral artery there. 
As I've talked about before, there's a second technique here called Golan Harms, which is a little different. The C1-C2 fusion technique where you pass a single screw through the C1-C2 facet joint is different than this Golan Harms technique where you actually use four screws, two that go into the atlas and two that go into the axis or C2, and those are connected by rods. So this is a more extensive fusion technique, and oftentimes bone chips can be applied to help provide stability as the bone grows. And again, the big downside here is this is a much bigger technique that involves much more dissection and damage to the upper neck muscles that stabilize the upper neck. And then obviously other risks include damaging the vertebral artery, which runs through this area. In addition, many surgeons with this technique sacrifice the C2 nerve, which can lead to chronic pain. So you've learned a little bit about these different surgical techniques, but let's talk about the risks. One of the big problems with fusion is always its risks. It's a much more risky procedure than not fusing. It doesn't matter if that's in the low back. It doesn't matter if that's in the neck and other areas. Fusion always has higher complication rates associated with it than non-fusion. And when I say fusion risks, I'm gonna focus on C1-C2 fusion risks, but the bottom line is this isn't just C1-C2 fusion that has these risks. This is any surgery that's done in the upper cervical spine. So if you're talking about a surgery where they're fusing the skull to C2, that's got all the same risks and probably even more because it's a bigger surgery than just C1-C2 fusion. So let's go over these risks. The first is that the bone doesn't grow together and that's called non-union. That actually happens a good amount of time here. Accurate information is pretty hard to find if you look at the research. But the bottom line is that non-fusion rates in these procedures can be as high as about one-third of these patients failing to achieve fusion or growing together of the bones. Now, I'm going to give you a case report on a patient of mine named Katie because there's no way to make complications real for patients without talking about actual other patients who have had complications. So Katie was a wonderful young woman who I saw who had a C1-C2 screw fixation and she failed to fuse. Now, Katie's problem was not only that she failed to fuse, but that she had more pain after the procedure than she did before the procedure. A lot of that was probably due to injuries to the nerves caused by the screw. So our first job was to try to get C1-C2 to fuse, and we were able to inject some platelet-rich plasma into the C1-C2 joint to get it to fuse. So we solved that issue. But then Katie had these nerve problems leading to much more severe headaches than she had prior to the procedure. And we were eventually able to treat those using a nerve hydro dissection technique with platelet lysate. But she was not a good candidate for our PICL procedure because she had had this fusion surgery. So a lot of the things we would normally do for Katie, we couldn't do because she had the C1-C2 screw fixation. So then we've got a whole other category of complications uh, that I call misguided screws. And I have seen so many of these in these procedures. And that's uh, where the screws go to places you don't want them. 
And this is relatively common in these procedures. It's interesting to note that we have this occurring and it's probably because these screws are pretty hard to guide. Sometimes they just go places you don't want them to go based on different densities in the bone or perhaps the surgeon can't get a good angle on trying to get the screw in because of the patient's anatomy, et cetera, et cetera. And oftentimes the surgeon is trying to avoid hitting important structures. So that kind of dictates where the screw will go. And then sometimes it's just incompetence. Uh, we've seen that as well, where the screw is clearly placed too deep and no one was really paying attention. Realize that the vertebral artery runs through the neck bones and the upper neck area. So the biggest risk is hitting this artery. If you hit this artery, you can cause a stroke, posterior circulation stroke in the brain. The good news is that most people can live with one vertebral artery, but the bad news is in an older patient, this can lead to a stroke. And this happens about four to 10% of the time with upper cervical fusion surgeries. Another problem with misguided screws is damage to the upper spinal nerves. The most common nerve injury is the C2 spinal nerve, and that supplies the back of the head. So damaging that nerve can lead to chronic headaches. As discussed before, the C2 spinal nerve is sometimes sacrificed as part of the surgery itself, and that can lead to chronic head pain about a third of the time. And then the last one is damaging the C0, C1 joint, which is just awful. I've seen this happen now multiple times where the screw is placed in the wrong direction and it goes into the C0, C1 joint, and that leads to a damaged and destroyed C0, C1 joint. Now that's the joint right at the base of the skull. And these patients have chronic pain and there's not a lot you can do for them. So let's talk about two case reports here. The first is Rosalind. Rosalind was a student at an elite college, very smart girl. She was diagnosed with CCI and she had a C1, C2 screw fixation surgery, but the screw was placed too high and it went through and through the joint and then into the next joint up into C0, C1. She actually noticed this immediately after the surgery. She told me that when she went to look down and look up, she heard a scraping sound at the base of her skull, which was the screw destroying the joint every time she looked up and down. Now, I couldn't really do much for Rosalind after this surgery. They had damaged quite a bit. Now, we ultimately got her pain down from where it was, but she still has pain as far as I know. She at least finished college, but realize that once the joint was destroyed to this degree, there wasn't a lot we could do to regenerate it, even though we tried using stem cell type therapies, PRP, etc. The second case is also of a young woman I've yet to see for treatment. She had EDS and she had a goal and harms technique more extensive C1, C2 fusion. That's where they use the four screws and the rods and they use a little bone. Bottom line here was she woke up from surgery and she felt something on that side right at the base of her skull that she knew was not normal and wasn't there before the surgery. Turns out the surgeon had placed the screw again into the C0, C1 joint. They actually blew her off for a couple months until they got a CT scan showing that the screw was sitting in the joint. So at this point, I'm gonna see if I can help her because they've taken the screw out, but there's no guarantees I can help her. These are very hard patients to treat. And then finally, there's adjacent segment disease. Adjacent segment disease means that if we fuse the C1, C2 joint, 
that joint is responsible for 50% of your head rotation. So the bottom line is those forces have to go someplace and they tend to go to the joint above at C0-C1 or the joint below at C2-3. So it's very common to see C0-C1 or C2-3 start to degenerate and need a, another surgery because you've fused one level. So bottom line is adjacent segment disease is real and it's a big deal. And it's one of the reasons why we try to avoid these fusion surgeries with the PICL procedure because they are a very non-elegant way to treat someone's problem. Now, if you've got EDS, adjacent segment disease can be even worse because you're prone to hypermobility. So those levels are gonna move even more in you with EDS than they would in someone with normal ligaments. And then the other side of this argument is clear. There are patients that really do need these surgeries. I frankly think it's only a small percentage right now of those that are getting these surgeries, but I have seen at least one patient who I felt really needed this procedure and really did well with this procedure. Having said that, I've seen a collection of patients through the years that have had disastrous results with these fusion procedures. Now, realize that those patients sought me out because they had bad outcomes and were looking for something else. So I'm seeing a selected group of patients, but it's important for patients to understand, as I always tell my patients, whether it's fusion in this area or the neck or the back or the ankle, is that fusion is a dog with fleas. And that means that it's got lots of downside side effects. And you've got to be very, very, very careful that you look out for those side effects and that you've got to be very, very careful to try everything outside of fusion before you go there because it's not an elegant solution to solve someone's problem. So thanks so much for watching. This has been episode four of my CCI craniocervical instability series and have a great day.